An Elden Ring Story, read by Saruman the White, first of the Astari and head of the White Council. The next step of the journey was set forth, and after getting both halves of the Dectus medallion, the tarnished travelled to the Altus Plateau, where the foot of the Erd Tree stood tall and mighty. Mount Gelmir loomed ahead, the site of the most abominable deeds in the lands between. As the tarnished journeyed deeper into the heart of Mount Gelmir, the maleficent acts of Praetor Rikard, brother of Princess Rani and General Radan, and the terrors he has wrought became increasingly evident. The war between the army of Lendel and Rikard's forces was made manifest all across the mountain, where remnants of past and present battles could be seen. The survivors of the wars were said to have lost their minds, their eyes gleaming with a crazed yellow light. The tarnished encountered the forces that Rikard has mustered against Lendel, including the abductor virgins, which were first encountered in the courtyards of Raya Lucaria. The area was awash with blood, the remnants of the fierce battles with stacks of burned bodies and crucified soldiers standing testament to the conflict between these two armies, which was about more than just territory and power, but also about ideologies. To comprehend the extent of Rikard's might and the reason for his title as Lord of Blasphemy, it is essential to delve into his background. Rikard was once a faithful member of the Golden Order, carrying the title of Praetor and the head of the Inquisition. He was tasked with enforcing the laws of the order and judging and punishing those who were accused of blasphemy and heresy. The nature of the Inquisition, as well as the use of torture devices such as Giza's wheel, can offer insight into the punishment meted out by Rikard during his time as Praetor. Giza's wheel was not only employed by inquisitors, but was also present among the abductor virgins, suggesting that torture was a prevalent practice during the Inquisition. The presence of torture devices and prison cells in prison town, which lay beneath Volcano Manor, indicated that Ricard and his inquisitors would have questioned and subjected accused heretics to torture in this location. In the aftermath of the Shattering Wars, Ricard's character underwent a great transformation. He renounced his once devout faith in the Golden Order and instead embraced blasphemy, forsaking the ideals he once held dear. Despite the loss of the loyalty and obedience of his former knights and soldiers, Rikard still retained a small following of devoted adherents who remained steadfast in their loyalty to their lord and his newfound beliefs. Rikard's rejection of the Golden Order was not simply a manifestation of his twisted love for torture and depravity, but also a rejection of the control wielded by the Greater Will and the Fingers, whom he believed the lands between should no longer submit to. In the bustling city of Lyurnia, a tarnished named Raya approached one such adventurer, imploring them to help her in a quest to bring to justice the notorious blackguard. The outcome of this encounter was uncertain. The tarnished had the option to either slay the blackguard, whose true name was Big Boggart, or bring him to face the consequences of his actions. Regardless of the outcome, the actions of the Blackguard and Rikard serve as a testament to the larger conflict and ideology that divide those who embrace blasphemy and those who still cling to the laws of the Golden Order. As the Tarnished delved deeper into the foreboding depths of Volcano Manor, they met Rhea again, and she spoke of strange noises that echoed within the walls of the manor, leading the Tarnished to discover hidden passageways and chambers. Within these darkened halls the Tarnished encountered hostile snake-like creatures, 
as well as a path that led out of the manor and into the caldera of Mount Gelmir. This was the city of Prison Town, a place of untold terror and despair, where the full extent of Reichard's cruel experiments became frighteningly clear. There, in the dank, cramped confines of the city, Albinorix and men were held captive in cruel iron cages, some tormented by cruel, unseen hands. This was in the goal of creating more snake people to be used against Laindel and the Golden Order. The abductor virgins served as the tools in his evil scheme, capturing unsuspecting subjects for his experiments. The Tarnished also encountered the Magma Worms, once men who had consumed dragon hearts and become beasts beyond recognition. And so it was clear that Rikard's interests lay in combining the forms of different races, a blasphemy in the eyes of the Golden Order. As the Tarnished continued to follow the path set forth by the enigmatic Raya, they uncovered the mysterious Serpent Amnion, which held clues to Raya's own creation, revealed to have been brought forth through Rikard's unholy rituals. The Tarnished soon came face to face with Rikard himself, who had joined with the god-devouring serpent, feeding himself to it in an act of ultimate blasphemy. The final confrontation between the Tarnished and Rikard took place in a chamber of molten magma, where the god-devouring serpent, now one with Rikard, lay waiting. With the legendary serpent hunter spear in hand, left in front of the Praetor's lair by a previous adventurer, the Tarnished engaged in a fierce battle, striking down Rikard and the serpent with a final triumphant blow. And thus the Tarnished brought an end to Rikard's evil schemes, putting to rest the horror and blasphemy that threatened to consume the lands between, thus earning the fourth great rune. The journey of the Tarnished to the city of Lendel was a treacherous one, as he crossed the rolling hills and verdant fields of the Altus countryside. Though the city itself remained mostly untouched by the shattering, the lands surrounding it were not so lucky. Along the way, the Tarnished encountered a dragon of great renown named Lanciax, who held a strong connection to Lendel and the Golden Order. The war between the dragons and the Golden Order was a well-known chapter of the history and lore of the lands between, and the dragons held a prominent place in the culture of Lendel, especially given Lanciax's connection to the city. As the Tarnished explored the lands around Lendel, they came across the remnants of a bridge that had once spanned over a dark forest, now teeming with dangerous beasts and the ruins of ancient civilizations. In the windmill pastures, north of the plateau, the Tarnished encountered the strange and blood-stained women of the village of Dominula, who appeared to be celebrating a macabre festival of sacrifice and skinning. The presence of a godskin apostle suggested that this cult was far older than the Golden Order, and evidence that there were those in the lands between who did not follow Marika's rule. The path to Lendel was well protected, but the Tarnished was not deterred, fighting his way past the guards and a massive tree sentinel before finally gaining entrance to the city. Inside, they found the city to be in good condition, but the inhabitants seemed to be waiting for something, be it orders from their leaders or the ominous threat of war. As the Tarnished delved deeper into the mysteries of Laindel, he began to unravel the many secrets the city held both above and below its streets. Known for its massive underground sewer system, the Tarnished was drawn into its depths and was met with the presence of various omen enemies and objects which gave insight into their history and treatment within the city. The omen were deemed impure, 
and most were subjected to the removal of their horns soon after birth, a brutal procedure that often led to their demise. Yet the high-born omen of the capital, born of noble blood, were spared this fate, and were instead incarcerated within the sewers beneath the city. The items found related to the omen suggested that they were once employed by the Golden Order, equipped with weapons to fight in Marika's wars. Yet the Order always had a plan to keep the powerful omen in check, ensuring their loyalty to the ruling demigods. In an intriguing discovery, the Tarnished discovered that Marika and Godfrey's own offspring, Morgot and Moog, were among the omen imprisoned beneath Lendel. As they ventured further into the sewers, the Tarnished encountered who seemingly was Moog, Morgoth's twin brother who stood in his way to another section. But the Tarnished soon realized that this was not the true Moog, as the projection stood before a seal that blocked the path to even deeper parts of the sewers, hinting at the existence of even greater mysteries waiting to be uncovered. As the Tarnished delved deeper underground, they felt a presence. An eldritch, maleficent entity loomed deeper, greater, and more destructive than anything the Tarnished has met before. But after heeding the advice of Melina, the Tarnished ascended to the city above, leaving underground deities and tragedies where they can be forgotten. In the middle of the city laid a dragon carcass, its massive form resting on the buildings of Lendl and other buildings seemingly built on top of it. The city's history with dragons is somewhat unclear, with knights wielding dragon-like powers and whispers of a dragon cult that may have existed before the Golden Order arrived. The floating mausoleum of crumbling Farum Azula holds the remains of Dragonlord Placidusax, once an Elden Lord, and there are tales of dragons having their own deity who fled. The People of the Lands between may have worshipped the dragons before Marika took control, which could have prompted the dragons to attack. Yet in the end, the dragons were defeated by Marika's war machine just like all other opponents. As the Tarnished journeyed through Marika's palace in search of the Erd Tree, they are confronted by a projection of Godfrey, first Elden Lord, who stands as a powerful obstruction despite not being the real Godfrey. This may be part of Morgoth's defences to prevent the Tarnished from reaching the Erdtree. Further ahead, the Tarnished encounters the bodies of finger-reader crones scattered on the walkways, with a black knife assassin waiting at the end of the path. The presence of these crones and their eventual demise could indicate a split between the Golden Order and the Two Fingers in the past, or it may be part of Morgoth's attempts to consolidate his power. It could also be a move made by Marika, who was growing tired of her role as an extension of the greater will, as the finger-reader crones play an important role in guiding Tarnished on their journey to become Elden Lord. As the tale unfolds, it becomes clear that Morgoth, despite his impure birth as an omen, holds sway as the true Lord of Lendl, as well as being the most prominent among Marika's royal descendants. His fealty to his kin caused him to take up arms in the Golden Order's cause, leading the fearsome knight's cavalry, the elite mounted knights who roam the lands between at night. The Tarnished first encountered Morgoth in the guise of Margit, a mystical projection he employs on his battlefields. The Omen King's repeated efforts to impede the Tarnished's progress, first at Stormvile and then at the gates of Lanedell, demonstrate his formidable power and status as the preeminent political leader in the lands between. But he, like those before him, eventually fell to the Tarnished's repeated attempts, leaving behind his great rune. 
Those efforts, on the other hand, were all for naught, as the Erd tree was closed by magical thorns no one could bypass. Having sought guidance from the enigmatic Two Fingers and their prophetic spokeswoman, finger reader Enia, the tarnished sets out towards the grand lift of Rold, in the east of Laindil, and the mountaintops of the giants. There, they hoped to find the Flame of Ruin, a fire said to be powerful enough to burn away the thorns sealing the Erd tree, the fabled source of all life and final resting place for souls in the lands between. Although the Two Fingers are unable to offer any aid, the hero must now make a momentous decision, for to ignite the flame of ruin is deemed a cardinal sin, an act of sacrilege. In the far-off north, beyond the reach of mortal men, there did stand a mountain top so cold that none might live there. Yet the fire giants had made their home amongst the icy peaks, for they were not bound by the biting chill, but rather were sustained by the flame of the fell god. Mighty warriors they were, wielding the power of fire to vanquish their foes, and yet they lived in peace and prosperity, tending to their giant forge that burned ever bright with inner flame. But Queen Marika, ruler of the lands between, was filled with fear and suspicion. She deemed the fire giants a threat to the sacred Erd tree, and so she plotted their destruction. And so she wed Lord Godfrey, a warrior without equal, and bade him wage war upon the giants and extinguish their race. It was a brutal and fearsome battle, with the fire giants wielding their magic to resist Godfrey's might, but alas, they were outnumbered and outmatched, and so they fell before the warrior's blade. The fire giants perished save one, who tended to the forge in solitude. Queen Marika, having achieved her goal, banished Godfrey from the lands and laid a curse upon the lone survivor. O oh, trifling giant, she declared, mayest thou tend thy flame for eternity. And so it was that the mission of the Tarnished was to put an end to the last of the fire giants, and with them the memory of their once great civilization. A sad and tragic tale of a peaceful people brought low by fear and suspicion. And so the Tarnished journeyed forth to the mountaintops of the giants, seeking the fabled flame of ruin, an ancient and powerful relic of the giants' worship of the fell deity. The hero was determined to claim the flame and fulfill the mission that Melina had set forth, to restore indiscriminate death to the world and heal the ailing state of the lands between. The path was perilous, but the tarnished pressed on, driven by their sense of purpose.